0: Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast at large. Episode number 683. Katie, I have a question for you, and I want you to be honest with me. Yes. What is on the community corkboard? What is on the Nerdist community corkboard that anyone can email their event to at events at Nerdist.com?
1: Well, one of our listeners, who didn't give a name, but they designed and sell these really cool 3D printed Toy space adventurers with cool jetpacks, and they sell them on Etsy, and they're really cute. And you can find them at etsy.com/shop/clumsyblasters.
0: Fantastic.
1: Also, uh, this past week on You Made It Weird, uh, Pete interviewed Noel Gallagher. What? Mm-hmm. How did that go? Great. It was a shorter one, but it was really good. So wow. everyone should listen to it. It's out now.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, this is from listener Donnie Plumley. Hey there, big fan of the show. Was listening to the Josh McDermott podcast, heard about the community corkboard. I am part of a team making a device to help people that suffer from non-communitative disorders such as autism, brain injury, stroke. Uh, we just launched our Indiegogo and are trying to get people to donate to the cause. We want to reach 20,000 to make 100 of these devices and give them away to families in need for free. That Katie would be Levine. Great. The link to their Indiegogo uh, and Dustin's Words sites are below, and it's dustinswords.com or dustinswords.com slash Indiegogo. Uh, thank you very much for doing that, Donnie. are a, a really good, good You're a good human being, and hopefully uh, we can generate some some money for you to do that and uh, give these devices to people. Yeah. This episode is Alicia Witt, who was on last year and came back this episode. We went to uh, SIR Studios in Hollywood, who are now... Uh, kind of our uh one of our one of our, places, one of our m- yeah. music partners uh you know SIR and Swing House are the two places that we go now and SIR they've set us up in this nice studio that studio uh, was so
2: cool it was really cool
0: <laughs> there was like a lighting rig it was really it was, it was really very red. old school uh and Alicia Alicia Witt came in who uh not only is a uh, an amazing actress and uh, incredibly intelligent and incredibly articulate and also Insanely musically talented, and she has an album out uh, now called Revisionary History. And you can get it where you buy your music, and so we did kind of a storyteller's episode where she just she sat down and she was kind of you know just fiddling a little bit to make sure the keyboard was set up right. And I was like, "Do you want to just do a storyteller's episode?" And she said, "Sure." <laughs> and and uh, it was really really fun. And uh, I I I was very uh, it was very enjoyable to have her ultimately uh, spray all of her talent uh, all over the ears of our listeners. That sounded bad the way it came out, but I didn't <laughs> but mean it that be good. way. You'll understand You'll uh, like when you it. hear it. So here's Nurse podcast number six eighty three. Uh, with the wonderful Alicia Witt.
2: Now entering Nerdist.com.
0: A little private show here
1: A little private show Especially for you <laughs> Yeah
0: Here in the disco suite At SIR recording studios I love
2: it Funny I was so right about you all along.
1: Um that's fine for me <laughs>
2: yes, Isn't
1: And whatever's best for you guys. It's all been
2: said It's all been done It's all been wasted On the ones who came before And fade to gray They all look more or less the same And here you are They're swept away
0: I'm telling you this this disco room that we're in with this lighting rig and the I wish people could see I wish you could hear the color and fabric of the walls of this room because you know what this this really needs is I feel like we could shoot the commercial for your greatest hits album from the 80s in here. Sessions presents Alicia Witt's greatest hit because like the lighting the lighting rig is perfect and you would just get. If we just got snippets of each songs and just different camera dissolves, like oh, it, definitely, this, this is perfect.
1: That'd be awesome.
0: I know. Can we get the lighting rig working? Can we get a full camera crew in here? Can we get the '80s back? <laughs> <laughs> you can't bring the '80s back. So, how do you want to do this? Do you want to chat first and then do songs, or do you want to do songs first and then chat? Because we ta- we'll tack the songs on at the end. But or do you want to do like a storyteller's thing where we talk and you play a song and you talk and you play a song? That's kind of a fun thing too. You know the that very is fun. you know the very first person that we ever did this with where we went into a studio and they played songs? No? Ben Folds? Really? Mm-hmm.
1: I thought you might say that.
0: Yeah, it was it was a few years ago and I was like, "Oh my god, why don't we just go into a recording studio?"
1: Yeah.
0: And uh and he, he he did it and I, and what I was really worried is that he was gonna realize that we just tricked him into giving us a private concert. <laughs> 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 I think you figured that out halfway through, but he was very gracious about it. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. all worked out okay.
1: That's and that that would have been a great thing.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> but we we now have tricked you into giving us a private concert Fantastic. as well. I think I think story te- I don't think we've done That's like a much. real like a real storytellers uh, podcast. So I'm gonna I'm gonna move my chair closer yeah. to the edge of the piano.
1: Do you want me to still just play two songs all the way through?
0: You can do you whatever you want. This is your time. Ooh. You could do, okay. you could just, you could just, you could just improvise songs or you could write old songs or you could do, you could, you could do a carpenter song, but you could do anything you want.
1: Okay.
0: If you were gonna do a carpenter song, which one would it be?
1: I mean, the one that comes to my head is We've Only Just Begun, but I don't know how to
0: play it. You don't know how to play it? One time, one time, <laughs>
3: yeah,
0: <we want> that. <laughs> and then the, and then the jams kick in. <laughs> you are not messing around. You know how to play the piano. I always wanted that skill. I always wanted that skill.
1: Well, you know, I did play piano at the Beverly Wilshire Hotel to support myself. <gasps> so. I know a lot of those songs, you know, that get requested when you're doing background dinner music. Oh, my God. So, like, you know.
0: I, I just think that's the best mutant power to have stuff. when someone... when. When, when you
1: see? It's good background dinner music. I used to be able to talk while I played... I do you I'm have trying any, to do it right now. Do you guys have what's the fish
2: tonight? Harold, what did they say? I can't what's hear. I can't hear.
0: There's a rock musician playing.
1: Would you tell that piano player to shut up, please? Excuse me,
2: my wife is the- trying to order fish. Do
1: you know what the fish is? I'm sorry, sir. I don't know what the fish is.
2: She doesn't <laughs> know what the fish is. And then I can blame uh. so i mean all this stuff i i honestly haven't played this in years and I, oh this was my
1: college I song. Still talk while i play well i'm losing the rhythm a little bit but it was the way i got tips sometimes is to have a conversation while people came up to me and i wasn't allowed to put a tip jar in the piano. Now I'm starting to lose the rhythm a little bit while I talk. But um, the funny thing was you weren't allowed to have a tip jar in the piano because they, the management told me they wanted people to feel like they were in somebody's home sure, and that you wouldn't have a tip jar in somebody's home. So we couldn't do it at the Beverly Wilshire either.
0: I'm telling you, if you if you just sit down and start playing the entertainer, then you deserve a tip jar in your home. Like, I don't know what else to... <laughs> he's wrong. Your manager was wrong. But I always wanted that <laughs> skill set where you would go, oh, I don't know if I remember how to... Because you're like, I don't know if I know how to play this... And then you just crank it out. Like your 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 brain and your hands just know what the language of the songs are because you know that you know most songs have a structure and you can figure out where they go from there. Yeah, I'm so jealous of that. <laughs> what was your favorite? Was there anything? What was what was edgy for the Beverly Wilshire Hotel?
1: Edgy was. There was one host there who would make requests of songs that were on the radio at the time. So this was in the mid '90s, so or like early to mid '90s. So oh, I don't know if I can remember how to play it, but um, things like Elton John songs and that sort right. of thing—they were still pretty <laughs> easygoing. <laughs> but um, I remember he loved um, he loved the one which mm. was on the radio around that time. Yes. Um, and things like that, that were on the radio currently were considered a little bit more out of left field because it was mostly classics, like as time goes by.
0: (laughs) I feel like I'm at Nordstrom's. I know, that's
1: what I'm talking about. (laughs) Um, but I used to, I used to sometimes throw in a few of my own that were just instrumental things and then nobody would know what they were. So that was cool. I wasn't singing there because it was background and the weird thing also was that there was a constant battle between you were joking earlier about the guy saying my wife can't hear herself Mm -hmm. order because you're too loud I would have days when it was a constant thing going back and forth where one person would come up and ask me to play more quietly because they were having a meeting and then somebody else would come up and say "Um, you're playing so beautifully why don't you play more loudly so we can all hear you I'm in the back of the room
0: See they got to move the meetings to the back of the room.
1: I know. And then
0: the, the you know the 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 lesson here is that you can't make everyone happy <laughs> <laughs> at all.
1: Yeah. It's true. There was one guy who came in and he kept giving me $100 bills to play Elvis songs. One oh. one afternoon, of course, I was delighted, so I kept playing Elvis songs. Cause... Did you
0: play them in the doo-wop doo-wop doo do doo do did you play them in that rock and roll piano style? Probably.
1: I'm trying to remember if I can. Rem- if I know. I don't think I remember any of them, right this moment.
0: Would uh, sure Benjamin hound Franklin hound for a fresher memory? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <throwing> of-
2: <laughs> you ain't a nothing but a hound dog. <laughs> I can certainly sing it.
1: <laughs> um, I think I did though. Like.
0: We're so sorry. many of them just did that.
1: They did pretty much over and over again.
0: At what point do you think music really started to branch off and become a lot of different things? Because it seemed like there was a period of time where everyone there was the, there was one well for that type of music, and everyone yeah. just kind of dipped into that well. Everyone the, there were standards, and people just played everyone else's music, and it wasn't. At what, what point did the did the real like was it was it the '60s or the '70s with the real singer songwriter kind of branching off? Do you think?
1: Oh, I think the Beatles had a huge lot to do with all of that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I when I was younger, I didn't, I didn't honestly appreciate what a huge contribution the Beatles made to music in general. Yeah. But I think that was, I mean, there there were many bridges, but I think if there were just one, they were kind of the bridge between that sort of rock and roll like Bobby Sox dancing kind of vibe and the singer-songwriter and the more complicated soaring melodies and chord progressions that were unusual. I think they were the gateway to the Rolling Stones and, and bands like that.
0: Yeah. Do, do, were there any Beatles songs in your uh, hotel repertoire?
1: Um, they were more of the earlier... Songs that I would get requested, like "I Want to Hold Your Hand," and those that were more in the rock and roll, right? You know, fifties. And were those
0: lexicon, allowed at the hotel, or was that?
1: Those were allowed, but you had to play them quietly, for sure. <laughs> 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 I mean, stuff like Rolling Stones and, and that sort of thing was wasn't even part of it, not yeah. at all. There was some Neil Diamond. For oh, of sure. course, there was. Um What's that one?
0: Oh, hello. Oh, yeah, I know this one. Um, just
2: called to
0: say hello. My mom loved this song. I couldn't sleep at all tonight, but I know it's late. And I can't masturbate. See, I gotta always make it dumb. I gotta make it dumb. Hello. Yeah, my mom fucking loved Neil Diamond. That album that Barbra Streisand did with Barry Gibb when they were dating—like she loved the oh, most. Oh, I
1: am a woman in love. All
0: of that stuff. Yeah. ha
1: uh, yeah.
0: Loved. She was like, she was just right down the middle of contemporary adult soft rock. Like that was my mom's. Wheelhouse.
1: Yeah, my mom too. I think. I mean, she she really liked Barry Manilow. Oh yeah, I do too. Honestly.
0: Well, he wrote a lot of good. He wrote a lot of good songs.
1: He writes the songs
0: that make the whole world that make the mom sing. (laughs) I know the song so well. (laughs) that was that was even a little borderline edgy for like you
1: (laughs) i love that i i i think barry manilow is one of the most underappreciated songwriters that we've had
0: I think, I mean, I'm at the time people knew, at the time people knew, because he, he wrote a bunch of stuff for other people, too. He
1: did. Dionne Warwick, for for one, he wrote a lot of her songs.
0: But I think it's just lately. I mean, does he still perform?
1: As far as I know, he does. He does he still perform. He plays huge shows in Vegas and tours all over the place, and, and he still sounds good. Um, but those are some great songs. I find myself remembering them and going back and listening to them and... Um, There's just one song he has, All the Time.
0: I don't know if I know that
1: Oh, let me see if I can remember it. All the time
2: I thought There's... That's the wrong chord. All the time I thought There's only me Would have given everything I own if someone would have said you're not alone.
0: Okay, that, that that part sounds familiar.
2: I love this song. It just breaks my heart.
0: Yeah, he 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 was a ma- he was masterful at the chord change that would like whip around and punch you in the chest.
2: Yeah, it's like, the that's oh. the
1: Let's <laughs> Yeah. No. Uh. Yep. Ugh. Yeah. just it does. It punches you right in the chest.
0: Right in the chest. He was uh uh it's funny that he writing a song about writing a song is so strange now.
1: Yeah. It is. Um I write the songs that make the whole world sing. And I'm was... doing,
0: I'm singing about the thing I'm doing right now. <laughs> exactly. Like, that's so strange. I'm going to sing about it some more. I'm singing about the thing. I mean, it's so. And
2: you're going to sing this song <laughs> as soon as it's over.
0: You're going to sing about the song. I'm singing about the song. Like, it's, it's so. That I'm writing, writing. That I'm writing yes. right now. yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's it, I I liked, it was that time of music where, I was like, fuck it, yeah, no, this type of music, no one's doing this yet. So write about the process of writing this song. When you can't, like, I don't really know what I want to write about. I'm sick of writing about love. I'm sick of <laughs> writing about broken hearts. I almost feel like, I, I wonder if they were temporary lyrics where he found this melody, he was like, I'm writing the songs, I'm... and then eventually he was like, "Why well, I couldn't come up with anything else, so we'll just, let's just lay that down."
1: <laughs> well, that one, though, I mean, if you look at the lyrics, he's actually writing about he is music. He says at the end, "I am music."
0: That's a bold and statement. I write the songs. That's a bold statement. But I think
1: he's in the he's in the he's trying to take the character of music. Like he's not writing it as Barry. He's writing it as. He says, I've been alive forever, and I wrote the very first songs. He's not saying he's done that personally.
0: Oh, so he is the character of music in that song. Oh.
1: You can see I've spent some time thinking about Barry Manilow. So
0: wait, but then I don't understand. (laughs) So music is writing itself? Is that what it is? Music is writing itself through history?
1: I put the words and the melodies together. I am music, and I write the songs.
0: Are you sure he wasn't singing about Kanye? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> that would be weird cuz I don't think Kanye was born yet.
0: Well, but that's how eternal Kanye is, is that he's Yeah. At least in his mind.
1: Well, yeah, it's just a divine
0: That's amazing. Um, I never thought about. I never thought that he was writing from the point of view of music.
1: Oh, that blows my fucking mind. <laughs> that blows my mind. Well, as opposed to the song Mandy, which there's an urban myth that it was about his dog, but I've heard that that's not true.
0: Really? Yeah. Is, was it just a made up thing?
1: Apparently so.
0: Oh well, that's a fun thing about music is that people will just assign whatever you you know you could honestly just sing a song all about the color blue and people would be like, well, that's because when Alicia was a little girl, she had this blue teddy. But like people would figure out something to their own thing to project onto it. But I guess that's the beauty of music, right? And being yeah. a, being a songwriter is that you get to throw a thing out in the world and then people will just go and then then just translate it however they however they want.
1: Oh, completely. Um I mean, I've just I've been reminded of this song I wrote called Taken, which is not on the new album. I, I, this is from a few years ago. And there's a couple who actually used it as their first dance at their wedding in Chicago. And it was it was definitely written as a love song, but there's a whole section towards the very end of it where the truth was I was realizing that I was feeling that I was taken, that I was no longer single um, in regards to this guy who was not in the country and we had sort of fallen in love long distance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's this whole bit towards the end which is specifically about sitting down to write this song and the, the video chat fading. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I just it made me think of that because I thought, yeah, the, this was part of their love song, but it's to me it's very specifically about that and to them I guess it's not. Um, Your
2: face the way I left you is burned into my screen I stare until lights go out I can almost hear you breathe the room has turned to darkness I try and start this song and sit here in another plane while the night outside
0: Listen, Alicia, I've been talking to the customers. That's too contemporary (laughs) of a theme. You said screen. They don't know what that is. (laughs) No. They don't understand what computers are. (laughs) They wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) I love that you were sneaking your own songs into the... I mean, I guess you would... I can't imagine they would. People would have to do that all the time, right? Like you just—you'd go crazy, right? If you just had to play other people's songs day in, day out, day in, day out, the same ones every day, every shift, you would have to fuck around a little bit, right?
1: Yeah, it's. I certainly loved sneaking in a few of my own, and I also loved playing the modern stuff yeah. because then I was thinking about what I was listening to on the radio, and I'd go home, in between auditions and all of that, and work out some new songs. I had what were known as fake books, you yes. know, the big fat ones that have like 2,000 songs in them. Yeah. And it just has the lyrics and the chords and the strips of melody. Right. So with those in hand, if somebody came up to me with a request for something I didn't know how to play, it had all my chords. Right. So I could just fake it.
0: You could play along through yeah. it, just with the... With like, it's like the guitar chord notation where exactly. it says like E minor seven, blah. Exactly. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. But and, and most of those songs, because they were probably mostly pop songs, you knew like, oh, it's gonna end on the fifth because it started here, and so then at a certain point, you just kind of get it, right?
1: Yeah. God, I yeah, want to I wanna learn how to
0: do that. I want to learn how to do that. Teach me something.
1: Well, I I want to learn how to play the guitar, so. You don't play the guitar, do
0: you? Uh, not well. I could teach you how to play shitty guitar. <laughs> oh,
1: I could teach you how to play shitty piano because I'm probably a shitty teacher.
0: <laughs> just play this.
1: Yeah. Just do this. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, I think, um, I think if you start, if you play one instrument and then you pick up another, there's you know there's that learning curve, but then at a certain point, your brain kind of kicks into the oh this is just this but done this way and then once you see like what the little the translation formula is i think you'd pick it up like that because you understand music theory and that's basically what you need to understand yeah and your fingers are very nimble
1: yeah i've i've taken a few guitar lessons and i'm out of practice the last few months but yeah i think i think there definitely is that point when it starts to make sense and the same thing is true on guitar as it would be on piano like if you already know how to play a little bit of guitar, just start picking out some songs that you love on the piano, and then you'll start seeing what the chords are.
0: You know, the one to conquer, I think, is uh, especially if you're going to play in a hotel or a, or a department store harp.
1: Oh, yeah. I knew a harpist once. She was also a great masseuse.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: Which is sort of makes it sense, makes perfect doesn't it? sense. And she was slight too. You'd you'd look at her coming in to give you a massage and you'd think, oh, this is going to be a crappy massage
0: because she's so little. sure hope she's a harpist (laughs) because if not, this is going to go horribly.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: Harp looks like – it's a very elegant looking thing but it looks to me like one of the most difficult instruments because it's this large lumbering thing that you have to lean on your body and then reach around and it's all – it's all – plucking really hard
1: yeah it's um it's it's it looks unwieldy yeah and i would imagine harpists develop very strong not only fingers but also just arm muscles from it's like a permanent sidearm yoga pose (laughs) like you've got your shoulders outstretched in front of you that's that's gotta be a lot on you
0: yeah i know it looks like a harp looks like a weapon it looks like an alien <laughs> weapon. I I, yeah. I think it's so interesting to. Always, it's always. I'm always interested in people when people are like, "Yeah, I always just wanted to play the bassoon." Like how people pick the offbeat instruments, because you really have to. There are some instruments where you can be a, you can be a solo piano player, you can be a solo guitarist, but there are other instruments where you're like, "No, I just like being part of an ensemble." There's not really a, you're not really a solo bassoonist. No. That you go out into the world and no. and take your solo bassoon.
1: No, and if anything, learning those instruments, going to conservatory for that, I think you have more of a a shot at having a professional gig because there's not, there's probably not that many people studying that instrument in your, in your part of the world. But also, you can always join an orchestra and be one of the bassoonists, or or that sort of thing. You, the opportunity to get to do that thing that you love, playing that instrument for a living, is. I think, a bit easier than if you're a classically trained piano player. Yeah. Because there's only a few solo piano artists who get to tour the world with orchestras. But there's never an orc- uh, an orchestra piano player.
0: And no one ever says, do you guys want to go to that new bassoon bar? Like, there's no...
1: <laughs> where they
0: just put a bassoon and a contrabassoon in a room and they just fight. They just duel.
1: <laughs> they duel for
0: dominance. And then, and then the, the only one person emerges alive
1: but the thing is piano players don't want to be playing background music no i mean i know and i knew at the time how how fortunate it was that i had a job where i got to do that and make a living while i was trying to be an actor Mm -hmm. because at the time i wasn't even really thinking about doing my music and playing gigs like i am now this is a dream this is fantastic but When you study classical music, especially if you go even further with it than I did, because I was competing and all of that as a kid, but when I was 14 I knew I did not want to do that for a living, (laughs) so I stopped. But many people at that stage then go on and they start applying to Juilliard and all the conservatories around the country and the world, and then they spend another eight years focusing on it and then going to competitions all around the world and trying to become the very best at that. And someone who's done not this really really does not want to be a background piano player. And unfortunately, there's not that many gigs sure. for someone to perform on that incredibly advanced level. So a lot of these amazing piano players end up as teachers um, or background musicians.
0: Can you even? I mean, it's sort of strange to. I mean, I guess there are certainly things you can do to prove that you're very good at an instrument. But when you're when you're competing. How, that seem i mean like it's part of, some of it does seem a little subjective mm-hmm. so how is it i feel like that would i feel like trying to be like i'm number 1 at piano <laughs> is a very strange pursuit it is like that's is. kind of a weird i don't know what the ultimate payoff is
1: i i found it even at the much less advanced level i was at i mean i i was doing some national competing but i was still 14 so it's a oh, sure. it's a a different Thing, But once you get, once you're like 18 and you're competing, you're in it to win the Tchaikovsky competition or the Van Cliburn. It's it's really insanely difficult and the pressure is hard to imagine. You're studying about eight hours a day and practicing like mad. What
0: are you studying specifically?
1: Just your repertoire becomes massive, like encyclopedic and... Your technique, it's its hard to explain. It's almost like, to me, I felt like it was starting to remove the individuality just a little bit from people. And one of my favorite classical musicians has always been Andre Watts, because he has a lot of interpretation in his music. Um, and I wondered... If when he was competing, he was as interpretive because I noticed that I'd play a Chopin ballade the way I wanted to with all the right notes, but, I mean, if I felt like expressing a certain area a little bit more, I would start to get lower marks for that. Oh, sure. And I really didn't like that. That (laughs) that wasn't what I was in it for. Right. Um, Let me see if I remember to play this one. Technically, um. <laughs> it was very good, but uh, it's.
0: Uh, it was too much fun.
1: too, too much fun. You have I know. too much
0: fun. It he, was too much fun.
1: And I think they would have said that. Actually, I mean, it's. There's a lot of emphasis on keeping exactly the right rhythm, and, and you. Crescendo when it says in the score to crescendo. But when you he, know
0: what's unfortunate and and kind of bullshit about all that is that, that's a very mathematical approach to the music because obviously there are no recordings. Of when this when a lot of the classical music was so you don't know exact I mean you know how they n- notated it right but you don't know exact I mean like does anyone really know exactly how I mean, it's sort of like Latin where it's like well we have we see what the rules are but we don't know exactly how it was spoken because there's right. no record there's no aud- aud- audible record of it
1: exactly and from what we know it seems like. um a lot of the people like Chopin did perform out at salons and that sort of thing. And he would play his own stuff and other people's stuff and, and Liszt certainly did. And Schubert and many of these composers were also sort of the equivalent of a singer songwriter yeah. in our time. Um, so I think they did interpret their own songs and there's certainly sections in the pieces that are marked Cadenza, and a lot of times they would just create something there, and it wasn't always the same.
0: Yeah, there, um, there's no way that they could have played exactly the same thing, exactly the same mm-hmm. way every single time, and that 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 the sheet music of it was probably just one interpretation of like, okay, well, if I'm going to say this is this is one interpretation of how to do this, but they must have screwed around with variations and just to, just because of the nature of the way people are. They think it would they would have to be variants here right. and there. So it's sort of bullshit to be like you don't play it that way. Cause...
1: I I completely agree. Completely agree. Um and then I think you get you come full circle where the classical solo piano players who do become well known and there's not that big of a market for that, but the ones who do they become well-known because they put their own spin on it. You can tell who's playing it. Yeah. And that's the individuality. So.
0: Do you know how to play the, do you know a bunch of Chopin songs?
1: I used to. Do you know the
0: revolutionary one?
1: No, I don't think so. Um, Is that one of the preludes?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's the one that's like, ( reorganization) like there's this constant,
1: Oh yeah, I I didn't learn how to play it well. I don't think I ever memorized that one.
0: Let me see if I have it on my. You know, I, I <laughs> it, it, just a, just just as a, as, it was always one of my favorite because I you know when I was younger I always equated like oh if you could play really fast that means you're really good and not realizing like no there's more to technique than just banging the shit out of a out of a piano. Um, let's see if I have it. It is, oh, yeah, it's this one. Let's see. Whoops, that's a text. Uh, well, that's Mario <laughs> getting a coin. Um, let's see. Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> Chopin was getting an email. Ah. <laughs> oh. I always wanted to learn how to play that, but I feel like since I can barely play piano, I'm not going to go from... That's actually not
1: that hard to play, believe it or not. Well, not to your hands. No, it's a lot of octaves. God damn it. See, it's it's actually that's just octaves.
0: But there's but um, when it's
1: a, it's something like that. I don't have the music in front
0: <laughs> God damn it.
1: It's it's repetitive though, you're is what constantly, I'm saying. It's one yeah, of those you're... things that is very impressive to hear. Like here's another one. Um like this is very impressive to hear, but it's not that hard. It's a rock on and off. I'm playing the wrong notes, Wait, hang on. I haven't played this in a while. Oh, I've forgotten it. That's how hard it is. (laughs) Yeah, no, you won.
0: You won. You, you already won. I mean? That's <laughs> amazing.
1: <laughs> but that's actually not. It sounds impressive, but that's like if I played that at a piano competition, they'd be like, "What are you playing that for?"
0: Yeah, it looks pretty easy. I think I could <laughs> totally do that. Kyle, could you do that? Yeah, we got that one. I got that one. It's not hard. Whatever. <laughs> you know, the one that I always uh, always wanted to play was the uh, the Ballad of Linus and Lucy. Is a classic. Did you ever have to? Did you ever get to play that? <sighs>
1: I love that one.
0: It's hard to play the, in the original key because you need big hands to play it. There's a lot of, there's a lot of stretching.
1: Oh man, I should know that one. I love that piece. I know I'll just mess it up if I try. It's in a, it's in one of these keys. Isn't like.
0: I think it starts. If I remember, I think it's. I think it's. So what people couldn't that's see it. is I was playing the left hand, you were playing the right hand. Yeah, yeah
2: that was a cool duet, Chris. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> yeah, yay! Yeah, so you can't. I play can the play piano. piano.
0: <laughs> Hooray!
2: Yay!
0: <laughs> I have a George Winston version of that that's fucking crazy. Where yeah? he just like in the middle of the song just does this insane breakdown, and, and it goes from being a cool song to like, holy shit! Oh, I gotta check that out. Yeah, I'll 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 send I'll send it to you. It's 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 real good. Uh, but it, it's, I have a piano at home and I, I, it's one of those things where I'm like, someday I'm going to take a lesson and then I just don't, I you know, don't, do don't, don't do it.
1: I, I'm exactly the same way on the guitar.
0: And you have to practice. I know. It's otherwise, it is one of those things where you just, if you don't do it, you're just not going to be good at it.
1: And it's harder as an adult. I mean, it's easier because if you really have the drive, you're going to focus on it. But it's so much easier to learn everything as a kid. It just absorbs into your little growing brain cells. Well, not only that, that... but
0: you don't have any responsibilities. Like if I, I if I, you know, like I have to go to work. I can't be like, well, I can't go to work because I have to learn how to play the Peanuts theme. (laughs) You know, like I got to go to work. And when I come home from work, I'm tired. Yeah, totally. So, you know, it's just not, I mean, I think even, I would, I would imagine you, you probably have to play mostly every day i would imagine right to keep your fingers nimble and to keep
1: well, the classical stuff and and all those various things i've played so far i haven't played in like a really long time i but what i play every day is my own stuff because i'm constantly now i go to nashville all the time and i'm writing with writers um hopefully for other artists and that sort of thing i've got yeah. i've got a massive song collection and then of course i have my new record, which is produced by Ben Folds. Yes, yes. he's very and, uh, good. Uh, very nice, uh. his,
0: his hand its fun to watch his hands sail on a piano too. Like his, because he—he really like you, you're watching your hands. You play very delicately, and watching his hands, he just fucking pounds on yeah. the. Like when we had him play that one time, he was like, "Okay, I can play this, but my fingers really hurt because I just." played last night really hard and I didn't mm-hmm. tape my fingers.
1: Yeah, he usually has bandages on most of his fingers when he plays. Cuz
0: he's 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 being like percussive piano. Yeah. Which adds a whole other it adds like a weird layer of percussion to it as well, but you uh,
1: Yeah, he's he's on a whole other level. I mean, he also has this middle melody going a lot of the time. So he'll play with his his left and right thumbs, this whole other thing. So it's almost like he has the top bit, the bottom bit, bass, and then also this internal melody. Right. He's kind of an idiot savant on the keys.
0: I I always... uh, I feel like music translating to piano, there's definitely a language. And it's very hard for me to... Like, one of the hard things about learning a language... Like, when you learn your native language, you just associate the world with those words. Then when you learn a second language your brain does this thing where you go, oh, that is this, which is this. Like there's, there's like a third part to it. And I feel like that's me with music and piano is, oh, I have to say, oh, okay, I have to translate that and then get it into my hands and then translate that. But you, I assume, you just immediately understand it when you see it, right?
1: More or less. Um, that doesn't mean I can always replicate it, but I can, if someone shows me a part, I can then play it. But when I've watched Ben play, he's one of the only piano players I've really thought I don't know how he's doing it. Cause I know I know I'm pretty good on the piano, but he's he's just a whole other level. Most people most people who are professional singer songwriters and touring musicians can't play the way that he does.
0: Do you think it's better to have a bunch of training and then and then sort of break that mold once you understand it. Or Do you think it's better to? Because I've seen both. I've seen hmm. people who are like, "Well, I have no formal training, and therefore they weren't bound by rules, and so they created, they invented kind of new stuff because no one told them they couldn't do it that way." So, is there yeah. is there one you think that's better than? I guess it's just preferences. I don't
1: think I don't think one is better. I've when I first started writing songs, I found that my classical training sometimes got in my way a little bit because I felt like the songs I was writing were all a little bit more neat and orderly than I would have wanted
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, and I I don't have any jazz training and I think that would be really cool and helpful but I've also written with people who never had any training at all um, there's a writer in New York Jeff Fiorello who's co-written a few of my songs and I love writing with him because he'll play something incredible on the guitar, which is his instrument, and he doesn't know what it was. He doesn't know what the chord was. So he can play it again, but he, doesn't, he can't tell me what it was, so right. I'll record him, and then I'll figure out on the piano later what that was he did.
0: Oh, wow.
3: I
1: love writing like that because for me, obviously, on the piano, I'm never going to not know what the chord was I just played. Right. Um, but Ben never studied classical music. And yet he just wrote a concerto, Um, which, you know, again... (laughs) Like you do. (laughs) (laughs) But I wonder, had he studied classical music, would it have been quite as fluid? Maybe not knowing all the rules and just having listened to a lot of it and already having taught himself so much in terms of how to play the piano. That might have just helped. Um, It's it's really interesting. I, I don't think there is any way around it.
0: I think it's um, good. I think with this kind of stuff because especially with music, is basically, it's basically just math and art. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's good to probably understand some rules, but know that rules are not concrete. You go yeah. well. These are gui- I think they're guidelines more than they are because you can become very constrained by you'll talk. Oh well, I can't do that because that's not in the. Well, why couldn't you just do that? You know, like why do you have to follow unless you're competing?
1: Yeah. Um. It's also really helpful, of course, when you know enough music so that if you hear something, which happens to me sometimes, I'll be in the shower or driving and suddenly an idea will come to me and I'll put it down on my voice notes or I'll just start singing it out loud. And, and then I know once I get to the piano how to make those sounds on the piano. I don't have to fumble all around. Although sometimes I don't know what the chords are. I know I haven't hit the right one yet, because the melody is already in my head and I can hear it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But if it's a tricky chord, I don't quite know what that chord is that I've heard until I find it on the piano.
0: When you're writing, do you, do, does the, do the bass notes, are they sort of the afterthought? You go melody first and then figure out how to build it out from there. Or do you hear both?
1: It's hard to explain. I, I know what the chord is. So I guess the bass note is with that, but Like, the melody is what I can sing, and then it's like it comes in a whole package, and I know I've hit the wrong chord if I'm not playing the right bass note under that, Mm -hmm. Um, which is different than when I'm just sitting at the piano or in a co-writing session and we're coming up with something on the spot. Yeah. But the times when the whole song comes or a chunk of the song comes into my head, I know if it's the wrong chord. Yeah. Um there's there's one that's that's interesting that I mean it has the same bass note in the chorus, but it in the beginning of the chorus anyway, but the chords are different. But that was one where I, I knew what the chords were, even though they're kind of odd chords. Um, this is this is on the new record. It, it's um
2: Isn't it funny? I was so right
1: about you
2: all along
1: Yeah
2: Isn't it crazy how much I wanted you to prove me wrong La-da-da-da. I want to grind you into the floor But you're not worth the scuff on my shoes about you what about me this is my voice now it's been too
0: Your hands most of the time That's not fair
1: You know, it's funny I I realized as I was looking at my hands I I needed to not look at them Because I'm so used to playing that one at shows And um, I suddenly realized If I kept looking at my hands I was going to mess it up
0: (laughs) So (laughs) That's kind of funny That your eyes get in the way Yeah You're like the daredevil of pianos (laughs) You don't need There's other ways to play Other than looking
1: There's there's a Paul Simon cover I do where I also can't really look because it's completely different chords. Um, Man walks down the street, he says, Why am
2: I soft in the middle now? Why am I soft in the middle? The rest of my life is
1: so hard. I need a photo opportunity. I want a shot at redemption. Don't
2: wanna end up a cartoon in a
1: cartoon graveyard. Bone
2: digger, bone digger, dogs in moonlight, far away from my well lit door. Mr. Beerbelly, belly, beer belly, get these mutts away from me, you know. Yeah, I don't find this stuff amusing anymore. But if you'll be my bodyguard, I can be your long lost pal. I can call you Betty and Betty when you call me you can call me
0: out. That's so that's 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 like a really dark rendition of that song yeah. of like a normally upbeat song. <laughs> it's just like I I feel like you uh you could just stare at someone without blinking while singing that anthem. just like tears of blood <sighs> streaming down your face.
1: Well, exactly. And I thought the lyrics were very dark. I've always thought that and over the years, I've talked to a few different people about how brilliant that song was, and they're like, "What the, the music video with Chevy Chase?" <laughs> and, um, <laughs> because it's true. It's a, I mean, it's a great arrangement, but it it's a real mislead because it's got all that happy percussion on it, and and the song, as was the whole album, was written in South Africa during apartheid, and Paul Simon was going through a divorce. And, that was
0: Graceland, right? Yeah, Graceland.
1: Yeah. The whole album is incredible, but it's really about a, a lot of the social issues he was seeing and um, his own journey and trying to f- find himself and and poverty and people lost. And, and so these lyrics are, I always thought they were incredibly sad and lonely. And when I was putting together my first EP, I wanted to figure out a way to record that song so that people could hear the lyrics for the first time.
0: <laughs> and what what do you think they're about, ultimately? What do you think that one specifically is about, besides the sort of sadness? of?
1: I always picture a guy wandering the street. Maybe he's an alcoholic. Um, he's lost his family. He doesn't remember what his purpose is in the world anymore. Um, he's searching for some sort of solace in um, in whoever he can find, like the roly-poly little bat-faced girl. <laughs> All alone, alone, there were incidents and accidents, there were hints and allegations. That sounds to me like he found some girl and pulled her into an alley, right?
0: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> 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 That's kind of interesting to counterbalance... How creepy that is. Oh, wow. Yeah. What a fun... You know, that's so funny. The music tricked me. I never, (laughs) ever thought about the lyrics. I'm like, oh, they're just... It's just silly. Yeah, you're right. And then you stick Chevy Chase in the video. Well, you know, now I feel like (laughs) 80s Chevy Chase was perfect for that version of the song, but now I feel like current Chevy Chase is perfect for your version of the song.
1: Shit, that's not a bad idea. I should dig out that old I mean that song's still out there on iTunes and stuff but I should I should make a music video and ask Chevy Chase to be <laughs> Can
0: you imagine? It's <laughs> just so much darker now. I know. So much weirder.
1: Oh, I know.
0: Yeah. Do you know Chevy Chase? No, I don't. Oh, not okay. at all.
1: But I um I I've seen some of his comedic work recently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah he's you know he's a, yeah he's a guy He's a little darker he's a little bit
0: yeah i think maybe the darkness was always there it was just mm-hmm. you know uh, <laughs> he didn't he didn't have the ability to it didn't have the ability to seep out through things like social media because yeah. it was a different time it was a very different time yeah uh, are you on tour right now
1: well my record just came out um it came out may 5th and I have already played some record release shows. I think it's basically going to be a record release year because my my other career, the acting career, is sort of all over the place too. So I have to sort of slot shows in. A lot of times if I'm going to be somewhere anyway for work or for social reasons, I'll then book a show. So I don't have a booking agent or a manager. So I've been sort of just figuring out where i'm going to be, what venue i should play, people on social media will help me, you know, if it's a city i don't know, they'll tell me what venue to play and i'll hit them up and that's great. You know, it's been really hands-on and fun and um and then i have amazing friends in uh, other places and um i've just booked a, a show in London that i'm really excited about. Oh, nice. And it's at the Borderline, which i think is the most perfect venue. I mean, it's a a venue that a singer-songwriter is very lucky to get into. It's a great one. So I'm going to be playing there in June. And um, I'm about to play Nashville, too. Nice. um, Which is where I don't have a booking agent or a manager, but I do actually have a label for this record, which is amazing. So I'm on Compass Records and they're distributing it. And um, so I'm excited to go play a gig in Nashville, because that's not only where the record was recorded at Benfold Folds studio, yep. but um, it's also where the label is. And as of now, as I'm talking to you, I've not met any of the label people face to face. I've been talking to them now for months and they're awesome, but I'm excited to actually see them. <laughs> I don't know. I'm
0: so, <laughs> I always get so jealous of musicians because it's the, I mean, you know, it, Comedy is the only way that I have to relate to what it is that you do, (laughs) but it's I'm always so jealous because with comedy, when you release an album, you can't do those jokes anymore. As opposed to like when you when you do when you write all your songs and put an album, and it's like now you you have to go out and play those songs to write them. (laughs) So it's I'm so jealous because once you you know it's like if you wrote all your songs and then you're like, well, those are dead. Now I can never play those again. (laughs) But for you when people are always like, "Oh, play that song I love." Yeah. But rarely do people go, "Tell that joke I already heard." Like they don't, it's they don't get the same.
1: That's a very good point. And it's it's I mean, it oddly is similar, but it's not because even if if I were tired of playing a specific song, if someone's just said I really want to hear that song you created and it has a meaning to me, then I'm suddenly going to hear it with new ears. You know? Or
0: you go, fuck you, I do this for me, fuck get out. You. I'm not yeah. playing
1: that song. I'm not a that puppet. Oh, you, can you, you can't imagine?
0: control me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, there is no greater honor than when somebody knows any song I've written, let alone when they tell me it's been meaningful to them in some way. Um, like I've, I've seen videos of kids that heard a song of mine and for some reason that's the song they want to hear over and over again and it's just incredible that's, that's just sweet. something I wrote in my living room and it's worked their way into someone's day and a lot of times I don't even know until I travel to a city I haven't been to before because I think with, with the world of social media we put out all these messages especially as a musician you have to that's how you spread the word about a show But if you don't get a lot of response from a specific city, sometimes you think, oh, nobody's listening to my music in that city. And then you might play a show there and all of a sudden there's all these people and they just might not be the most communicative on social media, but they saw it and they came and they, they've been listening to your stuff. Like even Spotify. I mean, that's a great way for people to hear your stuff. And if they're not quite ready to purchase, if they're not going to make that commitment (laughs) i i don't have a problem with spotify because i think we've got so many artists these days there's so many people for the mass public to be familiar with yeah it's a little much to ask people to purchase every single thing they listen to yeah but a lot of times even if they didn't purchase it they're going to come out to your show
0: absolutely that's great but it's just it's just basically just like radio someone's listening to the radio they're not they're listening to it for free. They're not buying it, yeah. you know. So it's it's just a different way for music discovery. I think it'd be really great if there, and maybe there are, but instead of having a playlist, instead of having an algorithmic playlist where it 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 gives you, well, you like this, you probably also like this. I'd love a complete randomizer mm-hmm. where it's like <laughs> you like this, you'd never fucking ever think to listen to this, <laughs> and then it's just str- you know, just like a weird a weird mix because people, I feel like. Some people listen to music now. Your playlist is a bunch of different stuff. It's not all in one lane
1: anymore. Oh yeah, I think that's a great idea. That's a great idea. A complete randomizer. It would be more likely to pull up things that you were into.
0: Well, it's just it's just getting into the into like legitimate discovery mode because mm-hmm. you don't know the kind of stuff that you would like if you're just in one lane all the time. And I know. Especially as you get older, you're like, I don't have the energy to learn a new thing. But you know, it'd be nice.
1: I mean, I have a hip hop song on my record. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do
0: you play it on the piano, or do you?
1: I do, but I can't. I can't do the rap. I mean, I could try, but tones will. Oh, if that, if, if yeah, that's okay. That be, um, but I, I mean, it's you know, it's a piano-based um, song that I wrote the music to, and then um, tones who co-wrote the theme song to Mm justify
3: um
1: wrote the rap and so um that's actually been a really cool collaboration i have a song on his record that came out last year and um, i'm actually going home after this to finish laying down the vocals in my home studio for a song for his next record that he sent me the whole track and he just wanted me to write the melody and the hook so we kind of alternate between that. And then when I wrote my song down, I wrote it specifically for him to rap over the verses. That's one of those songs that came to me in a chunk. Like I heard it and I knew what the chords were supposed to be. It was just all
0: That's a good day when that happens. Oh yeah. When stuff just comes into your brain fully formed. Oh that's the best. Mm-hmm. Most of the time I feel like fucking Salieri, like, what is the next what is the next note? Oh, I thank you. Thank you, Lord, for giving me. <laughs> and then fucking Mozart comes along and it's like, oh, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, Mozart. <laughs> I'm going to Salzburg next week, actually. Are you? Yeah, I can just stand out in front of Mozart's house and be like, fuck you, Mozart.
1: Wow. Yeah, I
0: probably won't do that, but I am going to go to Salzburg. Um,
1: <gasps> I've been there. You have? Yeah. Is it nice? Yes. That's it's good. It's beautiful. I'm
0: glad to hear that. I'm very glad to hear that. I think I would love to, in our last little bit of time that we have together, um, if you want to play one more song of your choosing, and then I would love to have you somehow take a song, whatever it is, some kind of like like a Van Halen song or something, and make it. Uh, ho- hotel, <laughs> hotel piano. <laughs> like you must have a song that you could that you could put the hotel piano filter on. But if you want to play, like if you want to play something off a new album or something off one of your old albums or just another song that you want to yeah. play first, then please, please go ahead.
1: Okay, I'm. I think I'll play. I wonder which one I'm going to play. I was going to play a love song, but.
0: That sounds on the coast.
1: I don't feel like it. I'm going to play don't, a different one. Fine. This I, is your time. I'm in the mood don't. right now. So Do whatever you I'm want. I'm going to play this one, um, which is called Consolation Prize.
2: Every now and then, I want been in all this time I wonder if you ever came around to what went down and once in a while I think of all the life we spent together and I don't even know your number anymore looking back at all your quiet desperation retrospect now, aren't you glad I let you go? Isn't it nice to know that you're not my consolation prize? Doesn't it feel like freedom breathing in and out now? Isn't it good to see all the love in someone else's eyes? Doesn't it since how you're better off without me
0: Have you thought of a uh, Have you thought of a song to spin for the Was it the Beverly Hilton or the Beverly Wilshire?
1: Beverly Wilshire, the Beverly Wilshire, yeah, the one on Wilshire and Rodeo. It's where yes. Pretty Woman was set.
0: Yes, that's right.
1: Um, oh goodness gracious. Um problem is I spend all my time writing my my own stuff so.
0: <laughs> so you don't you don't waste your time trying to figure out how to turn like I should. Metallica songs into soft rock uh, this is shocking to me
1: I know and and the see, Metallica stuff like that I never played there I'm trying to think what the what the most aggressive thing would have been that I ever played there that I know how to play <laughs>
3: um
1: goodness um I, I don't know, Chris. we we'll play. we we'll What? What?
0: What was one of your? Uh, what was one of your favorite songs to play? At the? Uh...
1: Oh, I love this one. I mean, an old stuff. There's so many. I mean, um. <laughs> What's the
2: first line? <laughs>
1: Ah, oh, I can't believe I can't remember the first line because it's so pretty. It's called These Foolish Things.
2: <gasps> ah. A cigarette that bears a lipsticks traces airline ticket to romantic places and still my heart has wings these foolish things remind me of you so good (laughs) i love this um there's this the michelle bergman uh michelle uh, how's it go? Ugh. See, it's, it's been so long. I can almost play it.
0: Don't you don't have to stop playing now. My wife passed away. She, we... uh, we're, we're very old. You understand. Uh, well, this was amazing. Thank you so much for doing a, a fun storytellers. and It's so much fun. I get giddy when I see someone wail on the piano. I get so like,
2: I wish I,
0: so good.
2: Thank you. This has been so much fun. Thank
0: you for doing it. Oh, I like, wish we could. I wish there was a duet we could go out on.
1: We can.
0: But I don't know. We. I don't know.
1: We've already played it once today.
0: Which one? <laughs> God, I want to play that so bad.
1: I, you can. No,
0: I can just play that bet, left-handed part.
1: Could. And then you'd you'd start the right hand, and then you'd figure it out. The chords in the middle get a bit tricky on that one. But yeah, I think you could if you just
0: if you play it in if you play it in C, you can like you can just right. play it. You can play it real simple, but then exactly. that's the weenie way to play it. That's not the real way to play it. So I can't.
1: Yeah, and it's all about distance between the keys. So really, the white keys look easier, and they sort of are. But once you look at the distance, like it's all the same distances.
0: I got one song that maybe you might know. What? But I don't know. It's pretty.
1: <gasps> okay.
0: It's a, it's, a, it's a Neil Diamond joint.
1: What is it? I probably know it. September Morn?
0: No, it's a duet. <gasps> I
1: heard that the other day and it made me cry. It's a full good on song. bawling in the it's car. It's a good
0: song. It's uh,
2: co- uh, be- look a. At, look at what you've become. While you've become a grown up girl. I still
1: so can sad. hear you crying in the corner.
0: In the re- corner of your room. Mm.
1: What was, wait, what was the one you were going to say?
0: You don't bring me flowers. You don't sing me love songs.
1: I'm trying to figure out what key that is.
2: <laughs> you hardly talk to me anymore When I come through the door at the end of the day
1: Oh, that was supposed to be your part. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> you can sing the barbara.
0: You sing all my song parts. <laughs> this is why we're divorcing.
2: I can barely get a note out edgewise anymore. <laughs> you
0: leave your underwear on the floor. That's why I take
2: fl- such long showers, honey bear. <laughs> it's the only place where I can sing in private.
0: But I pay for the house, and I pay for the car. Well,
3: you
2: paid for this bullshit, (laughs) and I can pay for it myself. Well, then I say,
0: have at it. Also, you fucked my best
2: friend. (laughs) Well, that's because you don't know how to give it to me, baby. (sighs)
0: That's a tough point to argue
2: <laughs> And you don't have much to argue with, let's be honest
0: <laughs> My dick's like a tuna can, it's squatting short at best
2: Well, I lied when I said I liked it on a wedding night Well, you think I could learn
0: how to make it more time
2: I know I've taken hot baths Every night to try And make it more tight <laughs> You don't bring me orgasms
0: <laughs>
3: you Not don't... like you ever
2: did before <laughs> Here's some flowers Just shut up and let me go to sleep And now you bring me
1: flowers.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry, were you talking?
1: No, honey, I was masturbating. (laughs) Enjoy
0: your burrito, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. That's
2: what the song should have been!
1: That's right! I would listen to that!
2: Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito.